Get Sleepy is a production of Slumber Studios and is made possible thanks to the generous support of our sponsors and premium members. If you'd like to listen ad-free and access weekly bonus episodes, extra long stories, and our entire back catalogue, you can try out Premium free for seven days by following the link in the episode notes. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. I'm your host, Thomas. Thanks so much for joining me this evening. Tonight's story was written by Frankie, and I'll be reading it to you. We're going to meet the ancient Celtic goddess, Beira and witness her role in the Wheel of the Year. But first, if you're enjoying the show and would like to hear even more episodes, all completely ad-free, we'd love for you to try our supporters feed, Get Sleepy Premium. You'll have access to our entire catalogue of over 600 stories and meditations, including extra-long episodes, Plus, every Thursday, you'll receive a weekly bonus episode, exclusive to the premium feed. Tomorrow night, we have the first of a few Halloween-themed episodes coming up this month. This story is a sweet and scare-free one about a group of friends enjoying a Halloween slumber party. The first seven days of your premium subscription are free, so you can make sure you're happy. For more information on all of our plans, visit getsleepy.com support or just follow the link in the show notes. Thanks so much. Now then, let's get settled in for our story. We must prepare ourselves to be in the presence of the Queen of Winter, She is the bringer of snow and storms, so make sure that you're warm and cozy in your bed. Feel the warmth of your body create a cocoon of heat that covers you completely. Banish the stress and tension that has accumulated over the day and welcome in the calming energy of the night. Allow your muscles to relax. Release your fingers, your jaw, your shoulders and your brow. 
Next comes the mind. There are no pressing issues, concerns, or problems that require your attention. All those things can wait. Now, your focus is only on yourself. Take these moments before our journey begins to have your undivided attention on yourself. Notice the length of your inhale and exhale. Appreciate the way your body has carried you safely all day. Be thankful for the keen mind that has guided you, solved problems, and found solutions. Tally up those things you are grateful for, and hug them to yourself for a moment. Now, release them, and create a space in your consciousness that is ready for this evening's adventure. We are in ancient Scotland, when the land was raw, blank, and uncarved. Atop the mountain, Ben Nevis, a giant stone form begins to wake. It was Samhain evening many years ago, before humans started counting the years as they do now. But they knew Samhain, the night when the season of plenty ended and winter truly began. The land was cool and still, as if holding its breath in expectation. Hidden on the peak of Ben Nevis, the tallest mountain in what would one day be called the British Isles, a stone formation was painted with the final light of the setting sun. Ben Nevis stood above the Grampian Mountains snow-capped for most of the year and fiercely watching over the highlands. The fiery orange glow of sunset cast a combination of light and shadow that could make a watcher believe the stone was the face of an ancient woman 
lined with the cares of the world, but peacefully asleep. As the last sliver of the sun dipped below the horizon, the stone woman opened her eye. The afterglow sky revealed the giantess moving her long fingers and wiggling her huge toes. A cool wind blew, and the sound of her waking movements was like that of an avalanche. She moved slowly and carefully, relishing in movement after so many months of stillness. Her skin, just minutes ago rock, was now a deep sapphire blue. Her hair, which could have been mistaken for snow, was revealed to be white, wild, and long. She wore grey robes and had a grey cloth tied across her face as an eye patch, for she sacrificed the eye to create the moon long ago. Her face was stern, but not unkind. It was a face that had witnessed the lands rising from the ocean, and the first apes discovering fire. The old giantess had many names. The Storm Hag, the Queen of Winter, the Crone, just to name a few. But her daughter knew her as Mother Beira. She was fully awake now, her limbs warm and movable again, with no trace of stoniness about them. Her first thought was of her daughter, but she would have to wait for the sweet moment of reunion. There was work to do. Beira collected her tools from a hidden crag in the mountain. She first pulled out her staff, made from a gigantic Scots pine. It would bring the frost of winter and freeze the ground with each step she took. The next item to emerge from the crag was a basket woven from young sapling trees. In it, Beira carried a huge hammer. It had an oak log for a handle and the hardest iron for the head. Finally, she pulled out a great grey plaid, dirty from months of sitting in the crag. Her tools collected, Beira turned her head 
and made her way west. She arrived in very little time, for Beira was a giantess and could cross all of what would one day be Scotland in a few long strides. On the west coast, she came to a part of the sea dominated by the Corryvreckan whirlpool. She lowered her huge body into the sea, not at all bothered by the freezing temperature. Beira got to work washing her great plaid in the whirlpool. Her hands dunked and rubbed the cloth in the churning water, and she hummed gently to herself a song that the wind taught her. The whirlpool was her cauldron, her washtub, and her source of magic. For three days, she washed without pause, bringing about rough waves and fierce storms. The storms traveled across the land, bringing rain, sleet, and winds. The animals and men knew that this was their first sign that winter had truly arrived. Hibernating animals found their dens, and humans prepared their fields for frost. At the end of the third day, Beira finally took her plaid from the whirlpool, having cleaned it again to the purest white. She shook it out to its full size, and draped it lovingly across the land. As she did so, it became a blanket of pure snow that covered all. Beira spent the following weeks tending to her herd of red deer. This was no ordinary herd of deer. The animals were large, and the herd counted in the hundreds, each one with a vibrant coat, and every male with a large set of antlers. They would only respond to Beira, and no hunter ever sought to strike one down. Beira led them to secret patches of greenery to feed, and hidden, unfrozen rivers to drink. As she drove her massive herd before her, they created deep trails in the land. In this way, she created valleys and dells. She widened rivers 
and her herd's hooves churned the earth for fertile fields. They ate any remaining green vegetation and thus cleared the land for new growth in the spring. When she was not tending to the deer, Beira took her hammer and set about carving the land. She created mountains as her stepping stones so she could more easily travel. Beira made hills to sit upon and see as far as she liked. Her busy hammer took the land that was flat and plain and transformed it into one that was varied and beautiful. While Beira shaped the land, she thought of how the next year when she woke from her own hibernation, there would be a host of new plants and vegetation littered across it. It was not her responsibility to create new life. That was the job of spring and her daughter's realm. She was winter, and her tasks were to shape the land while it was resting and asleep, to make the snow that would melt to water the land come warmer weather, and to keep the cycle of the year balanced with a period of restful stagnation. But this carving and herding was not easy work. Beira was a very old woman, and she needed rest. One day, she was minding a new well she created near Hollow Mountain. It was deep into winter and she had been laboring tirelessly for months. She spied the large impression in the mountain that gave it its name, and thought that it looked like the perfect spot for her to sit and rest while she waited for the well to fill. The crisp winter sun warmed her azure face, and her huge eyelid began to droop. In a few minutes, the mountain was shaking with the sound of her snores. All the while, the water in the well climbed and climbed. It overflowed and ran to a valley below the mountain. The valley was filled with water by the time Beira awoke and stopped the flowing water. In an attempt to drain some of the water, Beira carved a river 
from the newly formed loch to the ocean. She told some salmon about the beauty of her new loch and hollow mountain, convincing them to swim up the river and view her handiwork, which they continued to do every year. Before she knew it, winter was more than halfway finished. The morning of Imbolc, the last holiday of winter, was close at hand. Beira needed to decide what kind of weather she wanted that morning. It was her last day to collect firewood for the end of winter. If she wanted a long winter, she would need a bright sunny day so she could see well and collect a mountain of firewood. If she wanted a short winter, she would bring forth clouds and rain and only collect a little firewood. Beira considered her options. Every year, she had this debate with herself. She loved winter, the crisp flavor of the air, the serene silence of the land, the otherworldly beauty of snow. Some years, this love of winter won out, and she brought forth the sun to collect a forest worth of firewood. On the other hand, she was very tired and very old. Her ancient bones, made from the roots of mountains, begged her for rest. She thought longingly of her throne on Ben Nevis, and the long sleep she had there. A swift end of winter also brought forth the first day of spring, the day she looked forward to every year. Beira made up her mind. She brought one blue hand to the sky and made huge circles in the air. From the circle bloomed heavy white and grey clouds. They were fluffy and thick, like the softest fleece. She spread them out along the sky, bringing them so low that they crowned every mountain and skimmed the top of trees. The sun started to rise, but its light was blocked thoroughly by the thick wall of clouds. Instead of sharp golden rays highlighting the land, the inky night faded gradually 
to a periwinkle dawn. As the morning faded into day, Beira brought the rains from her shadowy clouds. It started as a sprinkling, a light mist in the morning that cast the world in a hazy cloak. By midday, she had gathered her firewood and taken shelter beneath a great oak forest with the herd of deer. She reached into the clouds and opened the faucet of her magic. Rain poured out of the sky in a deluge. Creeks swelled, locks climbed up their banks, and rivers began to roar. The water washed away any debris from winter and seeped deep into the soil, whispering gently to seeds buried there that it was nearly time. White snowdrop flowers appeared beneath the shelter of great trees in the coming weeks. They were joined not long after by daffodil shoots growing in bright green clumps like long grass. Their white and yellow heads burst forth and turned to the sun which was getting brighter and stronger with each passing day. Beira's great white plaid was becoming dirty in spots again as the snow melted. Birds were building nests and holding concerts in the forest at all hours of the day. Spring was coming. Beira saw that her herd of red deer came through the winter months healthy and content. She would release them for the summer, allowing them to grow fat in the green grasslands and bear yet more fawns before the weather turned cold again. She moved her attention to her final tasks of the year. Beira made sure that there was a plentiful level of snow on the mountain, knowing that the snowmelt would water the lowlands for the following season. She whipped up windstorms to spread dormant seeds around the land, making sure that they landed in the perfect spot to be germinated come spring. Finally, Beltanadorn arrived, swift and sweet. Beltana was the first day of spring, 
the day when Bera must relinquish her grasp upon the world and return to her six-month sleep. It announced the beginning of warmth, growth, and plenty in the world. Despite these facts, it was also her favorite day of the year because it was the one day she spent in the company of her daughter, the goddess of spring. As the purple night gave way to lavender day, Beira prepared herself for the meeting. She tamed her wild, wind-swept hair, straightened her stone-gray robes, and allowed a joyful smile to break over her face. As the sun raised its sleepy head over the horizon in the east, so did Brickhead in a secret meadow of grasses. Her golden-red hair draped across her face as she yawned, and wildflowers burst into bloom at her waking. Her eyes were startlingly green, and a host of freckles danced across her face. Brighead's hair was the color of spun copper, and nearly as wild as her mother's. All through it ran flowers and vines. Her simple dress was pale linen, marked with grass stains and fresh earth. She stretched and looked around to find her mother watching her from a nearby hill. Brighead's face split into a joyful grin. Where her mother was ancient, Brighead was perpetually youthful. She ran and skipped across the field and flung herself into Beira's waiting arms. The cold, harsh face of the Queen of Winter seemed to melt into one of softness and love in the presence of Spring herself. They rose hand in hand and made their way across the land. The sun, fully up, shone with a brightness that was only eclipsed by the happiness of mother and daughter. Through the low grasslands they walked. During winter, every step that Beira took with her great staff froze the ground 
and spread frost underfoot. Now, every step that Brighead took brought forth a bloom of flowers, grass, and soft moss. She held her mother's arm so that Beira would not need to use her staff. The grasslands went from being barren ground with a few brown stalks to being crowded with grasses, wildflowers, and shrubbery. A host of pollinators drawn by the new growth buzzed and chirped happily in the wake of the walking pair. Brighead paused for a moment and picked up a tiny dormouse, which cleaned itself contentedly in her hand. She gave the little creature to her mother and smiled as Beira watched the dormouse scurry across her huge blue hand. They continued on from the grasslands to the forest. Beira spent all winter in the company of evergreen pines and firs. With the entrance of Brighead into the forest, the leafless oaks, birches, and willows sprouted new green leaves. Brighead admired the way Beira and her herd of deer had stripped back the forest over the winter, leaving enough room for her to encourage new growth. Nettles, ferns, and dock leaves raced for the best spots on the forest floor. The soft carpet of fallen pine needles and moss provided a comforting floor for their trek. Birds twittered from every branch, singing the full performance that they had been merely practicing when Beira walked these woods alone. Beira and Brighead picked early wild strawberries and carried them in Beira's basket. They enjoyed the first sweet and sour bursts of flavor under the boughs of the sun-dappled forest. Beira relayed stories of mischief that her deer got up to while Brighead slept. Her tinkling laughter was even more lovely than the bird song. They continued their journey to the big locks of the highlands. Brighead admired the new lock Beira had made that year in the shadow of Hollow Mountain. 
Brighead blessed the new source of fresh water with a host of fish, frogs, insects, and water birds. Large roe deer came down the opposite shore to drink its clear water. The sun was very high now, shining down on the full majesty of Hollow Mountain. Brighead's lovely laughter burst forth again when she heard just how the lock came to be. She lovingly chided her mother for working too hard. Long past were the days when Beira chased her small daughter across the newly formed land and did the telling off. Now Beira smiled at her daughter's tone and promised to take a very long rest. Together they climbed up Ben Nevis to the tucked away spot where Beira's mountain throne lay waiting. Brighead helped her mother into her seat and placed her tools back into the crag on the mountainside. She clucked her tongue at Beira's great plant once again brown and grey with dirt. Brighead then sat near the foot of Beira's throne and rested her head on her mother's knee. Their journey had taken most of the day, and now the sun was dipping low in the western sky. Beira closed her eyes for a moment, feeling the combined warmth of the sun on her face and her daughter's head on her knee. She worked as hard as she could for the continued health of the land she loved and helped create all winter. Her payment was this one day when winter and spring were together. She loved witnessing her daughter waking up again after a winter of hibernation. She reminded Beira of when she was just a little child goddess waking from a nap. Beira always felt safe leaning on the arm of her daughter as they took their walk through the world, sharing stories and observing the beginnings of spring. Finally, after all her hard work, it was time for Beira to rest. 
the sun touched the horizon, shooting out rays of orange, pink, and gold across the cloudless sky. Deep purples and blues were invading from the east, and Beira felt her eyelid begin to droop. As she succumbed to her annual rest, she felt Brighid lay a sweet kiss on her cheek and whisper a wish of good dreams. Beira drifted into slumber, waiting to wake again when summer closed. Brighid watched as the sun slipped below the horizon, and her mother turned once again into stone.